Hey everyone, welcome to Lauren.Live, the spirituality, health, and lifestyle podcast. Today I've got Lynn Bowman with me out of California. Lynn, hi. Hi. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. I am so happy to be with you. This is great. This is. And we already have um, spoken for about 10 minutes before this was recording. Lynn has an awesome energy and we have so much to share. She's got a wealth of knowledge um, and uh, she is an author and she has reversed type two, her type two diabetes with diet and nutrition and lifestyle. And we're going to speak about healing chronic disease um, and whatever else comes up. There's a lot that we can speak about today, but I just want to get into it because I feel like this hour is going to roll by. Lynn, yeah, let's let's do do it. So Tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about how you found out you had type 2 diabetes and what what did you do, your journey, and then we'll just kind of flow from there. Okay, and I'll go a little bit backward and forward yes, because, yes. as you know, I have a book out and, mm. and, and I wrote the book because when I was diagnosed back in the 80s and I was in my early 40s, there was nothing out there. This is, so I've written the book that, that I would want to hand to anyone who walks out of a medical office with a new diagnosis of, um, you know, maybe it's, it's diabetes, particularly diabetes type two, but the things that I've learned, you know, the, the, the fascinating thing is that it's the same prescription for so for heart disease, for stress, for kidney. I mean, there, there's this whole batch of chronic diseases that are diseases of affluence that are epidemic, particularly in the United States, but now we're spreading it around the world with our sad standard American diet, Mm -hmm. sad diet. Um, So, so I've been on this journey for a long time and it began really, well, it began with my mother dying of a chronic disease when I was 18 years old. And uh, she couldn't have helped it. It was it was kidney disease. And, uh, you know, I didn't understand much at the time. And she probably understood even less. But and dialysis wasn't even a thing. It was very experimental. This was in the the, uh, 60s. And but but what I learned going through that with her was a couple of things that that chronic disease isn't something that just affects you. It, it, it is something that your whole family, your whole little world, whatever it is, pays a big price for. And that, I mean, I mean that financially as well as emotionally and spiritually, uh, it ruins families. You know, it, it, it's so distressing and so difficult and it goes on and on and, um, there's pain and suffering and, and it costs you I mean, the figure is something like 85% of the um, of the financial wreckages in this country are because of health issues. Mm. Um, so uh, bankruptcies yeah. are about health, and I don't, people a lot of people don't really make that connection. Uh, and and I hope that we can do better as a society. But right now, the way it stands is if you get a chronic disease, if you have a chronic disease, it's going to cost you big time in so many different ways. So so my journey, again, started way back when experiencing that with my family, you know, and moving out of my home and having to give the dog away and, you know, having my dad, my whole life came apart because of my mother's illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, in addition to me losing her. So then um, fast forward a couple of decades, I uh, had my first child in 1975 and he was 10 pounds when he was born. And he'd been in the oven a long time and, um, and I gained 60 pounds. And the best the doctors could say to me was, well, it looks like you've had uh, gestational diabetes, which they never tested me for. But what that means for those of you who might not be familiar with it, uh, it's a kind of type 2 diabetes that not uncommonly is developed by pregnant women during the pregnancy. And then it goes away afterwards. But what they said to me was, you are quite likely to develop type 2 diabetes 
in your 40s when you're a little older. So time went on, more kids, life, crazy. Uh, and I started asking my doctor, it was usually an OB that we went to as women, you know, that's our experience, most of us with the medical community. And I would say, don't you want to test me? You know, don't you? And they'd say, no, you're not overweight. You're okay. You're, you're fine. Mm. And then finally, I got someone to give me the hemoglobin A1C test, which everybody, if you're taking notes, <laughs> if you don't know what it is, this is a test that we should all have in our early 40s, men, women. And it tells you what your average glucose, blood glucose is over a period of time. So it's a very pretty reliable indicator of whether or not you're having blood sugar problems that you should do something about. So when I had the hemoglobin A1C, sure enough, my numbers were not good. They weren't horrible, but they were edging up into not good territory. So I just took it upon, I started asking and reading and I took it upon myself to find out because they were not helpful. It's like, well, you're going to have to eat better. You know, you're going to have to eat fewer carbs and maybe cut down the sugar and right, right, right. Well, Okay. <laughs> that's not really the deal. It yeah. isn't the deal. And um, what I would love to have someone told me tell at that time, and I'm going to tell you, anyone who's experiencing this, it's not a grim diagnosis. It's actually a turning point in your life where it's a bit of a, uh, what, a warning, a red flag, but it can be an epiphany for you where you really take hold of your health and go in a great direction. And so the skipping more decades, I, I, you know, I'm 75. I'm still, I haven't reversed my disease in the sense that it's still roaming around in my body, but it's, it's totally controlled. Mm. So the effects of the disease don't seem to have taken place Mm. in my body at this point. Uh, The, the, difficult thing about type two diabetes as with a lot of other chronic diseases is it's, there are no symptoms until mm. it's too late. When you finally get symptomatic with type two diabetes, it means you're urinating too frequently. You're hungry. You're, you have tremendous fatigue, all these things. That means the damage has been done to a very great degree. So what I want Lauren, I want everybody to know, don't wait, do not wait. And this is particularly a message for you guys out there. I love you. I'm married to a man. I have a son, I have a grandson, but you all don't go to the doctor until you've been dragged or taken on a gurney or whatever. (laughs) So I want you to go to be grown up and go and get this test fairly routinely every year because if you don't, and this is not just for you men, but this will particularly affect you, what you're going to do to yourself is erectile dysfunction. Mm. You will have to eventually get your limbs cut off because you <laughs> lose function. I'm not making this up. Right. The, the, the consequences of undiagnosed diabetes are huge and they're ugly. And I also, I've had this conversation a couple of times because most of us picture our death, right? And so whether we know consciously or not, right? We kind of, we visualize how we see ourselves going out. And I think particularly men picture themselves falling off a racehorse or (laughs) you know, being blown up in a terrible explosion and something exciting or falling out of an airplane or, you know, something dramatic or just not waking up or something. None of us ever pictures ourselves a long, mm-hmm. painful demise. Right. We, we don't look ahead and think that'll be me mm-hmm. in that bed for six years with people waiting on me and plugging me up to machines and trying to keep me breathing and giving me lots of drugs and so on. We, we just don't think that's going to happen right. to us, do we? Um, so great. I don't want it to happen to anybody. And so if you will do what you need to do to find out if you have a chronic disease early enough, as I did in my forties, 
Um, and, and I was no saint after that, but at least I had an indication that I needed to really watch myself. So I did. Um, and so here I am now I'm 75 and I'm hoping for another 25 years or so because I plan to keep annoying people for as long as I possibly can. I love it. (laughs) And um, that's what I want for everyone. I I want us to have as much healthy long life as we can. Mm -hmm. And um, this is the only instrument we've got. So uh, we want to use it, you know, we want to dance, don't we? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, and the good news is, and particularly the reason I wrote this book is people think, well, fine, I'm going to, I'm going to be totally deprived of all the things that I love. I'm not going to be able to eat, you know, crappy foods. And so the book is called brownies for breakfast, because I want people to understand that when they begin to eat healthfully, they can eat better than they've ever eaten. The food is fabulous. Mm -hmm. I mean, cakes, pies, pancakes it's just how you make it yeah what you put in it mm-hmm. and um i mean we can go on and on about food as, as you know it, that's the thing that we can share a lot about but the the main point is please don't think in terms of healthy eating being a punishment or deprivation yeah it's more color more texture more flavor more spices it's an education. You're going to go, wait, I've never had that. Mm-hmm. At least some of it, but a lot of it is the, f- the same food that you've been eating to a great extent, but the balance has changed. Yes. So mm-hmm. you're going to be eat a lot, uh, eating a lot more green stuff yeah. and orange stuff and a lot less white stuff yeah. and brown stuff. Um, but no one has ever come back to me and said, I don't like this or mm-hmm. this isn't, people come back to me and go, wow, <laughs> right? I didn't know it was so easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was so yummy. Um, it's, it's, it's just a matter of paying attention yeah. and then committing. Yeah. That's true. But as with so many things, it's a commitment. So, uh, and, and I talk in the book about not only what you eat, but when mm. and with whom. Uh, and it's all connected, you know, there's, there's no way that you can be, oh, I just saw my dog. Yeah. Walks your in dog's here. making an appearance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very um, cute. There's, there's no way that you can really be deeply healthy without all these things. Your sleep yeah. connects to your food, connects to your exercise, and it connects in a very physical, chemical way yeah um, it's not i mean you probably know this this is not unusual uh, knowledge these days but i can still remember the first time I, I truly made the connection that the stuff that was going on in my head the anxiety or that i thought was going on in my head you know the 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 craziness the anxiety the fatigue the fear whatever that actually manifests itself in chemicals Mm -hmm. that are then pumped down into your body that do stuff in your body. Absolutely. And so all of the information that you have about meditation and sleep and calmness and so on, that's not just getting quiet. Mm -hmm. That's getting clean Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. It's, it's dealing with this chemistry that we, I think have just huge amounts today because who, you know, who is not stressed? I mean, all of us. uh, And it seems even you moms with your younger ones are challenged now. I mean, just to an incredible degree, having your kids at home, you know, the COVID thing, and then, and you're taking them to, you're not yet, but taking them to Mandarin and French and tennis lessons and Taekwondo and whatever it is, baseball. And so we are raising, this is now the second generation of kids and people don't quite believe this when I talk about it in some circles, but they never eat with utensils. They have grown up eating with their hands. It's fast no food. Table, and, mm-hmm. 
no napkin, no yeah. table, no ritual, no courtesies, no mom has eaten in her car driving through and then the kids get a different time. So what are we going to do about that? That's an interesting, yeah. Okay, I want to talk more about that. Before we keep going, because there's just so much to touch on. I love there's this. so much. Okay, let's talk about that, because that's actually a really interesting thing to talk about. And that goes into just like how fast life is. And I do think there's a beauty of like sitting together and over meals and food and being grateful. Um, well, first, thank you for sharing your story. And I'm so glad that's this just proves. And I've thought about this and talked to many friends that have had little things come up now as I'm, you know, approaching 40 in the next few years, which is crazy. But um, you have to be your best advocate. And so if you feel like something is off and a doctor is just like, oh, you'll be okay, or Band-Aid approach, just take these pills, like, please, everyone, trust your gut. It's up to you. You have it's to be your best you. advocate. Get a second, get a third opinion, go get the test. And I think that's the one thing I've talked a lot about on the show, and I never want to f- make it seem that I'm disrespectful. Trust me, I am so thankful. Medical, especially in the last year and a half, has been so stressful. Nurses, doctors, anyone medical, like, thank you. You are amazing. And our medical system is wonderful in so many ways, but I do think it's very apparent that we have an issue with chronic disease in this country. And I, I think where, you know, medical, our medical system shines is reconstruction, surgery, a lot of other things I'm leaving out, but when it comes to chronic illness, it's just so hard to pinpoint why you have it. How can we fix it? You know, a lot of the times it's just like, Oh, you're gonna have to take this pill and you live with it for the rest of your life. No, I don't think that's an acceptable answer. As you can attest, you've been able to live with the type two diabetes, but you really don't suffer from it because you've changed your life. And so my point is be your best, your own advocate. If you can learn anything from Lynn's story and then, um, I do think a large part of it is food, what we're putting in our bodies. Um, that's a whole mm-hmm. other episode is just talking about the issues with our food industry. It goes back down even to just soil and the dangers of wheat being sprayed with Roundup. I mean, you could just drive yourself nuts, but I think there's some basic things that you can do that would really improve our health, you know, as far as like eating organic when possible. And uh, like you said, more color is always just, that's just an easy, am I eating all white, yellow, and brown? add some color in, right? So there's some easy things to just, so people don't get overwhelmed, but tell, tell us just a few types of things that you could cut out just easy. Cause it's hard. People get overwhelmed and they're busy. What are just like a few things that you have changed that are life changing? Like what maybe it's not complicated. First of all, yeah. it really is. It's a whole food plant based approach. Okay. And I'm not alone in this. I yeah. mean, it, there are a ton of us out there going, folks, this is what we need to do. It heals our body. This is how we heal. It's a whole food, okay. plant-based approach. Okay. So it means, um, and if you say, okay, what are the three things maybe that I would ask you to change today? One would be dairy. Yeah. Number one, quit. Keep Just hearing quit. that. Stop. Everybody says that. It's a commonality. Yeah. Dairy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and there are tons of reasons why it's tainted food. Uh, it's, it, it is not helping you. It's not good for you. It is, um, it's creating havoc in the environment. So by quitting dairy, you're not only going to quit having sniffles and deal with a lot of your allergies Mm. and have your gut be happier and and instantly almost Mm -hmm. cure all these problems that you're having. Uh, you will also be contributing to a healthier planet because, Mm. The, the runoff, the pollution from the dairy industry is, is horrendous. Mm. And again, and it's not just me, look it up. I mean, oh, yeah. it's all no. place, I but, keep know. hearing dairy, which is so hard for me. I have to say the one thing. But it's not, it's not. Cheese we'll though. About what, what about cheese? Cause I can give up milk any day. Like, milk disgusts me actually. What, what yeah. do I do about cheese? Like what's a good substitute? What you do about cheese is right now, just stop. Um, and then yes. And, and as we do with anything, and then you gradually go, okay, let me take a look at this. There are substitutes now that are really good, Mm -hmm. really good. And I can tell you what a couple of them are. Um, and if I were in an amazing French restaurant and they brought me a gorgeous artisanal blue cheese and I, and, and I say in the book, cheat, Sure. Enjoy your life a little bit. Well, you know, don't cheat with anything crappy. Sure. Cheat is something really wonderful. Yes. 
but cheat doesn't mean every day or yes, every week. Yes, it yes. means once in a while mm-hmm. have that thing. Sure. And, but, but a thing that people don't understand about their bodies, and it was news to me when I learned this, your saliva actually changes when you change how you're eating. Mm-hmm. So when you do these things, these couple of things I'm going to tell you about, and you stay with it for two, three weeks, four weeks, all of a sudden you go, wait, I really don't crave that Mm -hmm. anymore. And that doesn't even really taste that great to me anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been at this so long that, you know, I, the idea of drinking soda or eating something, which is just, it's nauseating, literally, literally nauseating to me. It just sounds horrible, Mm -hmm. but your body is adapting chemically. Mm -hmm. This isn't just something going on in your head. Your body goes, okay, we're changing our program. So this is what we like now. Yeah. And you'll be astonished at how your cravings change and how your energy response changes. So number one, quit dairy. Number two, this will not surprise you. You know what it is. You know what's coming. Gluten. No. Oh, sugar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And when I say quit sugar, I mean, quit. Yeah. It's so addicting. I mean, I don't even know like candy, but it's in everything. Gosh, it's in everything. And the thing Mm -hmm. that you, if, and again, all the science is out there, all the research is out there. It is more addictive than, than heroin. I know they show that they do the rat studies and they go to the sugar. Mm -hmm. It's extremely addictive. It's horrible. And when you also will allow yourself to look at the studies on what that sugar is actually doing inside your adorable little instrument in your body, you'll freak. I mean, and you're giving this to your children as a reward. You're treating them to sugar. So think about ice cream. Okay. Here's your full fat dairy with lots of sugar, honey, because you've been so good. I mean, sorry. Um, but, but, the, but the sunshine there, the happy side is I will show you in the book, um, you make your own mm-hmm. and it's fast and you know what's in it and it's delicious and you can have it anytime because you got the stuff in the freezer. You just, you make it in your little a food processor and you are skipping all that packaging yes. yeah. and you are not rewarding people who are manufacturing poison. Um, so the sugar is you just you just have to do it and how you do it now people a lot of people are not aware that there are some gorgeous new sugar replacements mm-hmm. that can change your life monk fruit yep. is fantastic chicory root is fantastic erythritol terrible name but they use it to uh blend in with a couple of these other with um chicory root and monk fruit and the result is powdered brown granulated sugar replacements Mm. that you can bake with, put on stuff, so on, put in your smoothies and you won't know you're not having sugar. Or even just honey or or maple syrup. I've made plenty of new uh, recipes with honey or maple syrup as a sweetener. They're completely natural and they're very healthy for you. Honey's got- But not for diabetics. Okay. The the reaction in your body- is just okay. the same okay. as if it were uh, cane sugar. Sure. Okay. So, and this is this is a common sort of misunderstanding that that honey is great because it's natural, or that maple syrup is a, it's sugar. But what about if you're not diabetic? Would that be like a better if you were just to drizzle a little bit of you know on something? Go ahead. But if you but got diabetes, I want you to have your test first, sure, and know <laughs> that you don't have sure. an issue. Okay, well then that makes sense. Because you you will be and and glycemic index. Mm-hmm. Have you talked about that on the show? No, that's a measurement of the reaction that this substance will get in your body with insulin. Mm-hmm. So glycemic index, high means no, 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 don't do it. Sure. Low means, okay, pretty good food. Okay. So right up there at the top of the glycemic index in the no, please don't territory, you'll be surprised to know that about the same white rice, potatoes, processed flour, and sugar. Mm. So when you are eating white rice, or processed flour, you're eating sugar. Yeah. Your body goes, okay, 
And same with dairy. Doesn't dairy have it turns into sugar once you've yes, it does. But but dairy is full of fat and antibiotics and all kinds of okay. Wait, fat. Fat's good. Fat's not bad. Fat is good. Yeah. Animal fat is the problem. Yeah. And I didn't even understand because as a diabetic, what you're told back in the day is you can eat all the protein you want. You can eat really all the meat you want. Try not to gain weight. Try, you know, the, the, the more weight you lose, the better your numbers are going to be, but eat meat and vegetables and try not to eat too many carbs. Well, a lot wrong with that one. A carb is not a carb, you know, and, and a calorie is not a calorie. It's all about the quality of the food that you're eating. Right. So there's that. But uh, I went to a conference in 2019 with uh, the Plantricians Conference, which was a conference of MDs from all over the world, kind of mavericks who treat disease with food. Mm. And they are MDs, they're surgeons, they're dermatologists, they're all kinds of, but they are all people who've in their practice began to understand that it's what people are eating and doing that's causing the disease and that they can get, they can medicate them, but they can't cure them without fixing. And so here we were, and um, we were talking earlier, Lauren, about, uh, I don't know why I went to that. I just had to go. Something Mm -hmm. said, you got to do this. Mm -hmm. And I spent money. I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm very frugal. (laughs) It's like, it was expensive and it was five days and it was PowerPoints from eight in the morning until eight o'clock at night. Talk about punishment for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, PowerPoints, ew, right? But here were these physicians presenting data and more data and more data. Presentation after presentation. These were scientists and MDs showing what happened inside the body on a cellular level when you eat animal fat. Mm. And one of the things big, like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that chemically what happens in your body uh, if you're diabetic is that you are not able to take up the energy from the glucose in your blood. Mm -hmm. So the glucose just circulates in your blood and it can't get into your muscles. Well, we were always told that that was because of too many carbs. And at that conference, they said, folks, no. It's animal fat that is blocking, that literally coats these cells and prevents the uptake Mm. of the energy. And and again, this is non-scientific language, and I apologize for that. But and and you can find these studies. It's I'm not making this up. But these these physicians talked about opening up eight, nine-year-old kids, you know, with injuries or whatever, uh, working on them and finding their veins full of plaque. Oh my gosh. Where does that plaque come from? Yeah. Animal fat. Mm-hmm. And worse than that, even these days, it's from Mickey D's. It's from Arby's. It's yeah. from, it's not even good. Well, and think meat. of all the oil too, all the horrible, horrible yeah. oils that are, as people know, right. your heat oil over and over in those French fry things. And it's just not, our bodies can't, they don't know what to do with that. Right. So yeah. I left the conference and um, decided to do a six-month experiment on myself because I had just had my blood work done and I knew what my numbers were. And so my husband picked me up and I uh, jumped in the car and I said, guess what? <laughs> Which if your husband is around, he'll, he'll go, oh yeah, that's a thing no man yeah, ever wants to what? hear. From <laughs> yeah. But I said, uh, I'm vegan now. <laughs> He's like, oh, Okay. <laughs> Okay. And I told them um, about what I had just learned over this five-day period. And I said, I want to do this experiment. And he said, "Hmm, okay, I'm in. Cool. And so the next six months, no meat, no animal products Mm. whatsoever. And uh, and then I had my blood work done again. And uh, if if you know much about this disease, apparently for someone who's been diabetic as long as I have, and for someone who's as old as I am, actually my physician said to me, Lynn, this just doesn't happen in people your age. But my hemoglobin A1C had come down three points. 
So that was all I needed sure. at the time, you know, okay, looks wow. good to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have stayed down at that point, um, which is a little bit into diabetic territory, but, but it's not any, you know, sirens and sure. flags and stuff. It's like, you're okay. You're all right. Just wow. hang in there. And I continue to work on, maybe I can push it down even more. What the literature says is the longer you've been diabetic, the harder it is to get that kind of reversal or change. But if you are in your forties or fifties and you're just finding out that you're diabetic, you can absolutely in many cases reverse it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And heart disease, same thing, but you cannot do it eating what you've been eating. Right. So make sure that's amazing, by the way. Um, so it was dairy, sugar, and then what was the third? Uh, meat. Okay. Animal fat. Okay. Animal fat. Okay. Mm-hmm. So those are the three. And then, and are you currently still vegan? No. Okay. And that's, that's interesting too, because, and it has to do with two things, just what I love to eat and the literature. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you've read anything about blue zones, longevity studies, it, 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 the one of the commonalities is fish. Yeah. Uh, and it just so happens that we live at the coast yeah. and I love salmon. I love shrimp. fish. Yeah. <laughs> seafood seafood so, is really good. Yeah. So we treat ourselves to salmon okay. maybe once a week. Yeah. Um, and I have some shrimp, mm-hmm. but, uh, and if someone serves me, some good wild caught fish. I'll eat it. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and, and so that's where pescatarian. Yes, yeah. And that's a good, it's kind of like the Mediterranean diet. And I mean, maybe it minus is. the dairy, right. Absolutely. But I do. So I we eat a, a lot balance. of legumes and yeah. we eat some fish and we eat a ton of vegetables. Mm-hmm. Um, I eat some grains. Don't I eat some flour. It's very hard to completely avoid flour. Is, yeah. Uh, Try not to eat highly processed flour. There are plenty of us who really shouldn't have any at all. And I can, I definitely can lay a gluten-free table. Yeah. And do, because my son-in-law is, is severely celiac. So, you know, the the more we learn about that, um, I'm proud to say I know how to put on spread without a gluten anywhere near it. Uh, No gluten. And, and there are more and more studies coming out about the the problems with gluten, Mm -hmm. Whether you're celiac or not, yeah. gluten can be a problem. But what you also miss when you miss gluten is a lot of calories and a lot of kind of empty calories. Yeah. It's not a bad thing to have out of your That's diet true. at all. Yep. And, and one of my tips, Lauren, for people who are maybe wanting to get on this path um, is uh, I challenge people to eat dark greens three yeah. times a day. Okay. And, and, and people go, how can you even do that? Yeah. Right. Who can do that? Smoothies. And you can. You absolutely can. Yeah. With smoothies, yeah. with soups, and it's all easy stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can grow them in your yard. You can grow it in pots. Um, it's cheap food. Yeah. To a degree. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I love cheap myself. Um, I do. And, and I love to talk about the fact that, and we're lucky that we live in the country and I have a little, like a three acre plot, little farm, but the best food you will eat or I will eat is free right out there in my backyard. Blackberries. Well, you know, it's organic. It's not sprayed with crap. That's the beauty of either making your own food. You have a little more control or growing it is even better. Yeah, Yeah. but it's free, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just out there. And of course you get a little chewed up picking the blackberries, which is half the fun, Uh, the ouch, ouch, (laughs) you know, kind of thing, but um, they're delicious. They're gorgeous. They're, they're probably the healthiest food anybody on the planet eats Mm -hmm. and it's free. Um, Your neighbors, you know, and, and if you buy it, it's not, particularly expensive. If you buy lala berries or boysenberries or blackberries, blueberries. Um, another one that comes up without any work at all, and it's gorgeous and it's delicious, rhubarb. Okay. When was the last time you ate a bowl of rhubarb? Never, only in a pie. <laughs> 
Okay. And, and I, in the book, I call it celery and drag. Okay. Oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Cause here is a beautiful vegetable that don't eat the leaves. Yeah. Don't make it yep. stalks. Um, and it's a bright pink when you cook it. It's gorgeous. There are green, uh, what do you mix it? Like, what would you make a dish with rhubarb? How do you season it? Like, what would you make, prepare it with? I guess you'll have to get my book, won't you? Oh, well, I absolutely am going to check out your yeah. book. <laughs> yeah. No, it's so easy. You, you use one of these sweeteners in it. Okay. You, you cook it a little, you can nuke it. You can cook it in a little pot just till it's soft. Mm-hmm. You throw a little bit of sweetener in it and you eat it. Just, That's just like that. It. Yeah. And it's delicious. And you can, you can mix it with strawberries or other berries yeah. if you want. Okay. You can put it in a pie if yeah. you want. That's great. Okay. But it's a great thing to just have in the fridge yeah. or in the freezer nice. to pull out as a treat. You know, you put a little yogurt on top or a little whipped coconut, um, coconut uh, yogurt. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. And it's all in the book. I right. love that. Okay. So easy. Yeah. Brownies for breakfast. Okay. We got to get inspired. I think that's half the thing is I just feel like, and I, I mean, no one's perfect, but I feel pretty conscious to foods and organic when possible. I tr- I have gone through plant-based more, you know, off and on ever since I was pregnant. Cause I was just so hungry all the time and you're yeah. so busy. Like you said, Oh, that's what I want to get into is this, the um, rushed meals. That's a problem. But you know, now I have a baby. I have fallen into this trap where I never used to eat bread at home. Like I literally never had bread at home. And now I've just been like on this like sourdough bagel. Like when I was pregnant, oh my God, it was just like, but it wasn't, it's not healthy. And I know that. And I think like you said, when you cut something out, like I really don't eat candy and I never crave it because I just, soda, it's disgusting. It's repulsive. The sugar, I don't crave it because I don't eat it. But I fell into this trap where now I've been eating bread, so I'm craving bread. Do you see how that works? So it's like. Our- okay. And just so you know, I mean, we nobody doesn't love bread. It's nobody just sourdough doesn't. is the one thing. I'm and, like, yeah. And look where oh. we live. It's San Francisco. So I actually have a picture in the book of uh, Acme Bakery's walnut sourdough bread, which is some of the most gorgeous bread you'll ever eat in your life. And I have that sometimes okay. because if I'm going to eat wheat, that's how I want to eat yeah. it. Yeah, And you want to enjoy it. And I, I do think like you said, with the blue cheese, like, yes, you're traveling. Yeah. It's a special occasion or anniversary dinner yeah. out or whatever. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Love it. But make right. the choice that you're going to enjoy it. But then tomorrow. But it's the mindless eating yes. of the, the over and over grilled cheese, yes, cheeseburger yeah, every day cheese on everything. If you really look and you're, and you're the Mexican food that we're all grabbing and you're, the, the cheese is, and it's not even really cheese. It's, it's um, the bad it's quality. Food, yeah. yeah. Very bad quality. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference there. And yes. um, you know, yeah. So if you're going to eat bread, um, make sure it's got tood. Yeah. And please try to eat organic because I will say that Roundup, most people don't know this. If you're eating and GMO stuff too, if you're just eating regular, like general corn, Mm. wheat, whatever else, it's going to be, it's most likely sprayed with Roundup or or chemicals. And I don't know that people know that. So just please, if you are going to eat it, try your best to buy organic. But um, I think what it comes down to is balance. And uh, just daily, like looking at what you're eating. Um, I want, just because I know we have so much to talk about, let's just touch on that. Um, Conscious eating. So one, not being rushed all the time. Because when you're rushed, you make bad choices. We all do it. Fast food. Lauren, I'm looking at you because you're a new mom. And you're entering this whole new world of crazy. Uh, Wonderful crazy. But I personally think that teaching your children to sit and eat with you peacefully to have them participate. Your child is going to be old enough very soon to remove her plate from the table, to take it to the dishwasher, to watch as you cook, to help do the Mm -hmm. things in the kitchen, to prepare the food. If a child has prepared a food, they'll eat it. Yeah. That's a good way to get them involved and interested. And if a child has purchased a food, Mm. they will. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was a crazy, I was single mother of three. Um, I I ran away from the East coast on a train with mine. (laughs) They were two, three, and four. Um, and that's a whole other story. Uh, (laughs) 
but th- so we were a team from the beginning. We had to be. And so they all had assignments when we went to the grocery store. And sometimes it was nutty. Sometimes it was 10 o'clock at night, you know, because I was sole provider and yeah. doing everything. And, and, um, and I know you moms now are feeling that same pressure to be everybody's everything, you know, and look good while you're doing it. Right. Um, so it, it gets a little nutty, but in my world, I guess it was, as much for me in a way as the children, I wanted that dinner time to be our little time every day that there was a ritual. We sat down, we used napkins, we spoke to one another. We were all there. Sometimes we had company um, and it was food that we prepared together. You know, sometimes it's harder to do it together than it is to do it on your own. But I always thought my job was not to be their servant but to be their teacher. Yeah, that's a good idea. Good point. Even when it was insanity, mm-hmm. which it was a lot. Yeah. But, but they knew that that dinner table was sacrosanct, mm-hmm. that we were we sat down, there were rules, there were rituals. We were respectful as much as any three little monkeys, sure. you know, <laughs> be respectful of each other and you. Um, and there was always a dog or two wandering around and a cat and who knew. But I am startled to see what's happened because it's that mealtime that's gone out the door. Yeah. with All of the other activities with moms at work. Um, and so mom and dad are both working and the kids are going to, and, and then all these activities. And I would implore all of you parents to think about what it is you're doing with your kids that really matters most. Yeah. Is it the baseball? Uh, you know, are you willing to give up these other things for the baseball? Okay. If you've made a conscious decision that that's the thing that you care about. Okay. Um, but it, you know, maybe, maybe the Mandarin needs to go for a mealtime. Sure. I, I just think it's at a certain point you have to draw a line, yeah. but then it begs the question, maybe people don't care anymore. Well, so or I, maybe they're not conscious to it. They don't, maybe they're not conscious, but yeah. maybe I'm such a relic, mm-hmm. you know, of another time. I, I'm very conscious that at my age, You know, I had my first full-time job in an advertising agency in 1966. So just let that flutter on your head for a minute. It's like, (laughs) right, that was really a different world. Yeah. And everything that was on the series Mad Men was true. Mm Mm-hmm. It was, it was crazy when I was watching that thing because they were wearing my clothes and yeah. they were wearing the things. It was, it was as if it had been recorded, you know, yeah. in my early career. Um, so I'm, I'm conscious that, that what people are dealing with today is different. It's, yeah. it's not the same as it was back That's in the true. day. That is a good point. But it goes back to balance. I think, again, like you said, yeah, maybe one night you're doing the baseball with the kids, but then maybe that means like Saturday or Sunday morning or both. We don't have any activities. This is, we do our breakfast, our brunch, like at least, you know, because I always want to make it, um, you know, like for me too, right? Like, yeah, maybe most of the week I can eat healthy and there's going to be that one day where it's just really busy and that's my cheat, my cheat day. You know, it's okay. Give myself a break. I don't want to be overly stressed about it. But like you said, having that like conscious, like, okay, a couple of days in the mornings, like we are going to sit, because if you work and you can't be home for, you know, dinner, okay, fine. Don't beat yourself up about it. But have that Saturday and Sunday where this is breakfast as a family. And, you know, I really plan to have no electronics at the table and I'm speaking to myself just as much as anybody. Focus time, conversation, gratitude for the food that you're eating because think of our lives how much we eat and how many things are designed around food dinner parties dating um, going out with a girlfriend for lunch eating by yourself and enjoying truly are you I, I I thought about this just sit down and be grateful for the farmers that farmed this food for you this is what's keeping us alive or that animal if you choose to eat meat sometimes it died to feed you. You know what I mean? I think that our ancestors had great gratitude and relationships with their food that we don't have because we're so busy. So sitting down just for a minute and being conscious, I think 
That's what the show is all about. And so today we're not, I usually do a lot of stuff about spirituality, but I'm very passionate about health and food in our bodies. And that's why I'm so happy to have you on. It's a great message of just, it's a moment to pause with your family and yourself and just eat and enjoy. And like, it's nourishing our bodies. It's literally what keeps us alive. And it's respect. And respect. Mm-hmm. It's respect for ourselves, for our children, yeah. for what we're eating, mm-hmm. for where we are. Yeah. Um, and, and on a lighter note, <laughs> You parents who are struggling so to do everything for your kids and make sure that they get into the right. Do you want your kids going to college and not knowing how to use utensils when they eat? Yeah. Um, that might sound silly, but I'm starting to talk to people whose children, and sometimes it's even people in their 30s, have never wow. eaten with utensils. They have always eaten drive through or watch fork to use right what if you go to restaurant the nice restaurants that have two forks just watch pretty woman do you remember that you start from the outside and you work your way in but simple things like that that a lot of kids probably don't know they don't even know how to use a fork i mean let alone which one that's what i'm saying i don't want this to sound like some sort of elitist screed about (laughs) you know and 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 it, it, and I will confess, I am actually from Pasadena. I'm sorry. Um, so uh, yeah, guilty as charged. But it, you need your kids to understand more about food yeah. than it just goes in your body right. and then you go in the other room. Yes, um, it's community and and um, it's ritual and it's it's culture. Yeah, that's where we learn culture. At the table. Yep. Different With kinds them. of foods. Where are they grown? What types of foods do people eat in other countries? Like it's very, that's the, think of the learning experience right there. That's amazing. And another thing at New Mom, our children are not learning how to have conversations anymore. That's true. Eye contact. Because they are talking to machines mm-hmm. and the machines are talking back. Yeah. And they're spending most of their time looking at a screen and not looking at another human being. Yeah, that's true. All good points. So uh, th- this has all happened so quickly that I think it's caught a lot of us unaware, you know, but, uh, kind of unconscious yeah. of what in the world the, the consequences are going to be of how we are living with these machines now yeah. and how the machines are living with us. Um it, it, it's, it's a little scary. It's, it it's a lot scary it actually is. It is. to me. Uh, and, and I, here I am, I'm, you know, I'm on zoom with you and I'm, <laughs> and I'm loving what we can do electronically. And there's so much brilliance to all of it, but do not throw your babies please yeah. out with the bathwater. Um, conscious parenthood because you know we have an age difference but I still grew up where I didn't have a cell phone I mean I think I got my first one which wasn't even connected to the web so there wasn't as much to do on it at the end of high school but I remember all of my adolescence I'd never had a phone so I know what it was like then but now our children now they don't know and so I think we have to just be very mindful of that and like creating balance and creating opportunity for conversation and involvement and it is it's a struggle um it all goes, yeah. Struggle, but it's also fun. It is fun. Um, yeah, technology. It, it is fun. And so the whole idea of cooking with your children, yes. shopping with your children, I think people often don't give their kids credit for being the wily little characters that they are. Yeah. And if you really do let them fail, if you do give them opportunities to find the wrong thing, to, to mix up the wrong stuff, it's it's a huge part of their education. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, we even grocery shopping. What about grocery shopping? I bet you there's a lot of kids that now don't even do that because of prime grocery delivery. Like think of all the things. So I think, yeah, take your kids shopping. In that case, um, I got a thing about grocery stores because I I don't even, I don't go in grocery stores anymore. Um, We source our food locally. Mm. We, we shop at the farmer's market. Mm. Um, I do get some stuff delivered, not um, and I do, I will shop at Trader Joe's mm-hmm. and I will, here's a little pitch for Trader Joe's. I do like Trader because Joe's. <laughs> I can go into Trader Joe's and I know where everything is yes. and I know it's all been 
vetted really well. Mm-hmm. There aren't six kinds of peas. Right. There's one and right. it's pretty good. Yeah. So, yep. I'm out of there in 15 minutes and they're nice to me. If you go in a more standard issue grocery store, which I, I had to do a couple of weeks ago because I needed a thing and I was there. And so I went in and I thought I can do this, <laughs> you know, I can do this. And you walk in and you walk through about an acre and a half of bakery. Yep. And then you walk by the deli with all these, so on. And then you turn the corner and you walk down about a mile and a half of booze, mm-hmm. wine and hard spirits. And then and about this time I'm going, um, where's the food? And, and you turn and here's another aisle, maybe two aisles, frozen stuff, not food. It's ice cream. Weird chemical filled frozen stuff. <laughs> and then there's another aisle of cereals. Mm-hmm. And I, I can promise you, cause I've done it. I've, I've been on my hands and knees and looked in these aisles and there is nothing on that whole aisle that doesn't have sugar in it. Nothing. I know it's awful. Nothing. So where is the celery? Where, you know, where are the, it's over in the corner. Yeah, the small over, area. You're going to have to ask a couple people to yeah. find for you. And as it was the case mm. for me, when I said, do you have any vegan cheese? And, and the guy said, what? And I said, some cheese with, you know, vegan without meat. Dairy. Oh, I don't know. Let's ask. It took two or three people to find it over in the corner. You know, so I, um, grocery stores, I don't even think are going to be here in the form that they are here now. Yeah. I think that's a thing that may be going away because how can they be, how can they be sustainable? like this there's with not the a lot of food with yeah. the freezing and cooling with um it's not real food i agree with you there's food. a lot of not real food if you really think about it there's so much processed stuff and i think food inc i watched years ago and it it said stay on the right. outside at least you know the produce and if you do eat meat whatever but right. stay on the outside because you know what the middle is candies, cereal, chips, cookies, crap, like all the stuff we were not meant to eat as a species, right? So you're right. I think farmer's markets are getting more common. People are growing yes. their food, um, things about, luckily there are stores, like if you can afford it, Whole Foods or even Trader Joe's has a good selection of organic. Things are changing slowly, thank God. They are. And you'll also notice that at the front of the big, the Safeways and the Luckies and those markets, all the grab and go. Yep. Now, mm-hmm. There's a giant section in the front of yeah. grab and go. Stay away from that stuff. <laughs> but this is what we all think we need. It's like, yeah, just I just need some food. I just need something, something right now. <laughs> you know, so that I don't have to cook it. No, you know? it's not good. Um, we are all overburdened yeah. uh, this way. Yeah. Uh, and our time is just stretched to the absolute limit yeah. and our energy. And that, so then we eat worse and then mm-hmm. we have less energy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a vicious cycle, but I just, my advice is don't go in there. Just do not it's go dangerous in because then when you see it, you want to try this and buy this and, ooh. and you don't want to have to go to three or five places on your way home. Right. You, you need to make a stop. It needs to be like one stop. Yeah. Uh, because you just don't have time. Right. Um, so yeah, I hate grocery stores. Yeah, like they, they do have a lot of bad stuff in them. Um, okay. Well, I think it, again, it just, I keep saying this, but it really, it does. It comes down to balance. And I think if you're noticing that you're too busy to prepare a healthy, nutritious meal, it's, it's, I mean, you know, it's not a guilt trip. Just reevaluate what you're doing with your time because it, this is an investment. Like you said, this is our vessel. And if you are not we deserve to be eating good quality food. And if it takes a little bit of time to make something, and it doesn't have to take a ton of time, by the way, you could steam a baked potato, put some beans on it, put your vegan cheese on it. And that could be a meal. And a lot of people are like, I would have never thought of that as a meal. Well, and a couple of quick tips. The, my book is, is based on what I, I had to get meals on the table in 15 minutes. Yeah. I didn't have any time. So there are all kinds of things that you can do that are, there's a soup in there called genius soup. 
that you make on Sunday, easy peasy. Mm -hmm. So you use all your kind of leftover greens that are a little bit sorry and so on. And you, you put them in the soup thing and it's delicious on its own, but then you can make lentils out of it the next night. Mm -hmm. You can make a Mexican thing out of it the following night. You can make a Greek Mm -hmm. thing out of it the following night. And so you've got a base, a healthy Mm -hmm. basis for a hot, lovely meal for the rest of the week. If you want to, Mm -hmm. you can freeze it and then you pull it out and you put a couple of things and you're good. My muffins and uh, cakes and donuts, a lot of them are made from a combination of nut butter and Mm -hmm. Are you ready for this? Pumpkin. Okay. That's a good use. Yeah. Because what happens is it's a pumpkin is this brilliant replacement for flour yeah. and oil. Mm-hmm. So you don't know you're eating pumpkin in some cases, if, if you're a pumpkin fan, and sure. I am, yeah. you know, make the pumpkin spice donuts. They're yes. white. Um, or pumpkin pancakes. We have them this morning. But pumpkin and chocolate. Ooh, yeah. You don't taste pumpkin. You just have it. So pumpkin, the brownies, that's good to use. Yeah. Cause it's kind of mild. Mm-hmm. The brownies in <sighs> brownies for breakfast are nut butter and pumpkin mm. and either egg substitute or eggs, depending on whether you're totally vegan or not. Right. Um, and cocoa. I love it. it you know, very little else. It's so simple. There's a lot. Yeah. But just got to get it, creative. <laughs> well, and, and it's all in there. Just, I advise you, don't tell the people that you're feeding what's in the brownie. Yeah. Just put it on the table and go here, honey. Right. Or the, the, the donuts with the pink frosting and the sprinkles here, honey, here, sweetheart. How about a donut? And (laughs) what kid is going to go, ew. Yeah. I hate donut. No. What 85 year old is going to go, ew. I don't like, no, everybody loves a donut. Yeah. They don't have to know that it's made with, Nut butter and right. pumpkin. Yeah. Or made with chickpea flour. I was going to say chickpeas. I've used some. That's a great filler too. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And and these sweeteners that I mentioned. Yeah. That people absolutely will not know. That's that they're, awesome. They're not eating crappy food. Yes. They're eating great whole yep. food. But but it tastes like a treat. It's yummy. Totally. But it also chemically isn't doing all those weird things. Yeah, because it's natural. High glycemic foods and sugars do to you. Right. So, so I'm not talking about a, uh, you know, punishment of any kind. I'm not talking about deprivation. I'm talking about now you can have two donuts and feel great about it. Exactly. You don't feel bad about it mentally or physically. (laughs) And you can feel great about giving your kid uh, as many brownies as you want because it's good food and she can also make them because it's simple. So, um, it, it all, so what, what happens is really you're making less work for yourself, less waste, less, a lot of things, less cost, less Um, health problems down the road, all that, but it's just being conscious, Mm -hmm. thinking about it, being a little bit strategic on the weekends Mm -hmm. and doing this stuff instead of binge watching something hideous, um, put some good music on and dance. Uh, while you make some good food because it all it can be frozen it's it lasts in the fridge just fine Uh, it's a change of habit it is yeah and I think that's hard for people food is something that's very hard to get people to change but once you do make a change like you have or I have in certain ways you get right into it you find your groove and like you said once you change and become conscious to know what's doing in your body and you don't crave it anymore and I will tell you like it like you said, you're repulsed by like soda. So am I, but even peanut butter, I love my nut butters, right? So I'll have to try your recipes, but I usually just buy like organic peanut butter from Trader Joe's or even Costco has it now. I bought one on, I was an Amazon delivery and I just, I didn't look at the label. I always do palm oil. I'm not telling, I'm not kidding you guys the whole morning after I had it on my whole wheat toast, but like I could taste the oil residue and it was almost like gross to me. It, it's not good for us. Our bodies literally were not meant to be eating certain. And that palm oil is causing terrible it's horrible destruction for the earth. I know, but yes, it's so you don't want it. You have to listen to your body, though. If you're eating something and you're like, like I used to like this and I don't like this anymore, it's you're it's telling you it, this isn't good for you. Like listen to yourself. So 
I'm thankful for people like you that are putting out books with recipes that and ideas that maybe other people haven't thought of. So thank you for doing that. You can do it. It's not a lot of time. It's easy to find those ingredients. It's practical and manageable. Thank you. This is what this show is about. So I hope that people, I mean, I think this might be kind of a good stopping point because I know we could talk all day and Hey, maybe we're going to have to do, I think we should do a part two. (laughs) We can do a part two because there's a lot to talk about. Yes. Yeah. But I think this is a good stopping point just so that's a lot for people to think about, but I hope that people, um, learn some things, substitutions. It can still be delicious while being healthy. You can, you know what I mean? Make it for your family, make a double dose and then you got muffins all week. You know what I mean? So, um, Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom I'm and so happy to, uh, you know, that's yeah. what I'm doing now. That's my mission. And mm-hmm. I'm delighted to meet you and, and find out how, how the world is changing out there. We're, we're doing this. Yeah. Um, and I would love to do more. It's, yeah. it's, you know, if you can save one person, the misery of being ill, mm-hmm. Um, in the later years, especially, uh, let's do it. Let's. I agree wholeheartedly. And I think diet is a huge part of it. Of course, there are other things that contribute, but I do think what we put in our bodies is responsible for a lot of our chronic illness. So I think it's, it's easy yet hard, but it, it can be done. So oh, it can obviously done. we're looking at you and I forgot to mention, uh, Lynn's nickname is glam grandma. Look at, look at her, <laughs> but although I'm in my workout clothes today, but I have a little sparkle. Well, you in my look hat, fabulous, so. but it just proves just even looking at you, you can see the vibrance in the, your skin. And I just think, you look healthy and it shows by what you've been eating and your attitude. So it's possible for us to age gracefully. And maybe that's what we could talk about in the part two is just like aging. Well, that's a huge thing too. Thank you. Well, yeah. you know, I, I have never been happier in my life than I am right now. Oh. And that's the thing I love to share with people. I think we have a weird idea about what age yeah. means. Um, and uh, I'm loving it. Uh, I mean, yes, it comes with some loss, yeah. Uh, of course it does. You, you lose friends, you lose older ones. Um, you, you know, life has surprises for all of us, but on the other hand, you put aside a lot of stupid stuff. Yeah. Right? You, you just drop it, That's you true. know, it gets dropped, uh, on the road yeah. and, and you are so much freer, yeah. uh, and happier, especially we women. I mean, you know, and maybe not so much with you younger ones, but, as a young woman, the expectations on me were, were crazy, you know, crazy when you think back yeah. what, what we were told we could and couldn't do and what we had to do. And, um, uh, so no, this is good. I love 75. I'm looking forward to 85, 95. Look uh, at that. Good attitude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope you will too. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so Lynn Bowman, tell us again, it's breakfast, uh, Brownies for Breakfast is her book. Tell people where they can find your book and then also where can they find your website and more about you online. Okay, the easy one is lynnbowman.com is my website. So it's L-Y-N-N-E-B-O-W-M-A-N.com and that kind of will take you wherever, because I have a YouTube channel and an Instagram channel and Facebook and all that stuff. But if you go on my website, you can also sign up there, give me your email and you'll be on Lynn's list and I will send you recipes mm. and things. Not often because I'm lazy, um, but I w- when I really have a hot idea that, that I think you'll love, I'll send that out to everybody on the list. So I encourage you to sign up if you're interested. And the book is available on Amazon. Just, you know, Lynn Bowman and it'll pop up brownies for breakfast. It comes in a hardback, a paperback, or you can download it as an mm, ebook okay. um, too, which makes it very inexpensive. Um, and what else? And are you on Instagram? What, where, what's your yeah. handle on there? It's Lynn Parmiter Bowman. Thank you for asking. And my middle name is P-A-R-M-I-T-E-R. Okay. So Lynn Parmiter Bowman, okay. and I'm on Twitter too, but wow. I don't do a whole lot of that. Yeah. But um, would love to see you on my list so we can communicate right. and I can answer questions. I encourage anybody, there's a little message thing on my um, 
my website that you can get in touch with me directly, ask me a question, and I'm happy to answer it if I can. If you have a bookseller, an independent bookseller that you like to do business with, you can buy the book there. Just ask them for it. And they can get it from their wholesaler, the, the person that they buy. Ingram Spark is where they probably buy their books and they can order it for you. Okay. So I, like you, am a big fan of independent booksellers and I love supporting them. Yeah. Uh, but they all, can't often stock all these books. So just okay. ask for it and they'll get it for you brownies okay. for breakfast. Cool. Okay. And we'll put, as usual, all of this in the show notes so it's just easier to copy and paste, put it in your browser, click. Um, so it'll be easy to find you. Good. Yeah. Thank you, Lynn, for today. It was so nice to meet you. And um, I just, I love the work that you're doing and I'm really grateful for, for people like you that have a voice to you know, spread goodness and everything about wellness. Um, I hope that people enjoyed today and found some value. I know that I did. This has been great, Lauren. Thank you. And I hope we can do it again. Yes, absolutely. I Part- just, I don't want to ever say goodbye. I know. Well, there's just so much to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll yeah. definitely have to do a part two. Thank you guys so much for listening today. And uh, you can find me on my website, lauren.live. And you can find me on Instagram at Real Lauren Live. Take care, everybody.